you know, some people like to say this life is from B to D, right? From birth to death, <laughs> but B to D. But but they say, but but I think it's also important that life is from B to C to D. The C means choice, and you have to make a lot of choice along the way. Yes. And you know, a long time ago, I read a lesson. It talks about how the word decide. You know, like make a decision, decide, decide. You know, the root of the word is very profound if you think about it. So, side means to kill, right?、Mm-hmm. Like pesticide or、mm-hmm. homicide, suicide.、Mm-hmm. The side basically means to kill,、mm-hmm. and which means decide means you actually you literally kill all the other options、oh, right. available for you.、Right. So you have to make it very serious.、Mm-hmm. And so yeah, so I think、uh, one should always be conscious of how to make decisions and the choices because it, ma- it matters. Hello and welcome to the Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy. I am Neville. Our guest is the delightful and insightful Ray Tang. I know Ray for several years now. First as his coach, equally he has come to be a wonderful friend, a deep thinker who's prudent and thorough. I was privy to his transition from bachelor to husband, and I'm privileged to enjoy the welcome and company of his charming wife, Dr. Sarah Tang. Both Ray and Sarah are particularly adept at creating sustainable cross-cultural communities, with an inspirational diversity inclusive across academic and social spectra. So I get to enjoy lots of wonderful moments in great company. In my practice, as well as through engagements and. Explorations, many explorations. I get to wrestle with lots of muscular questions that require action for resolution. And you know that feeling you get when you find that answer, that aha, that satisfaction at resolution, a sense of growth. Yes, 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 I got it. Only to discover weeks later, oops, there is so much more. Well, truly, we don't know what we don't know. Isn't life exciting? Then there are questions that surface repeatedly, like boomerangs around our globe, questions around passion and calling and education and career.、Uh, that elusive search for a one-size-fits-all quick fix. That reverberating, I tried that. What's next? In times like these, perhaps it's good to take a deep breath, look deep within, and listen. Really listen to the story. The story, what Isabella Allende calls, that which is truer than truth. It is for this reason that I have invited Ray to share a portion of his story, his academic journey with us. I'll be right back with Ray Tang. 
Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Welcome to the journey. Thank you, Neville. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to share here. Well, you have a beautiful story, and I think the audience would love to hear it. Talk to us about yourself. Sure, yeah. So I think um, one thing I want to talk about is my academic journey. Mm -hmm. You know, as an Asian, parents are always focusing a lot on their kids' education. Mm -hmm. And I think my education journey is not traditional. Oh, right. But it's definitely unique enough, I think, you know, hopefully, I hope it can inspire people Good. of your audience. So as most Chinese students, so I went to college in China. And at that time, I don't know exactly what major to pursue. So in China, you have decide your major right after uh, high school. So mm -hmm. before entering college, you already have to declare your major. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a while, I was like, hmm, I know I like science, mm -hmm. and I like you know figure out mechanisms and puzzles. So my parents suggested, why not you just choose engineering, like. Electronic engineering, you know, civil engineering, and I thought engineering sounds like a great idea because it does help, you know, solve problems. So I chose engineering. Mm -hmm. I listened to their voice, just like I, I think, in fact, a lot of Chinese people might do that too. Is sometimes just listen to the parents' suggestions. Mm -hmm. So I went to college, and then after the first semester, I realized I really, really hate. <laughs> <laughs> I really hate electrical engineering. Okay. And I just realized, even though it's a science, even though it's mechanism, figure out the mechanism of things, mm. I don't like it because it doesn't involve any human interaction. Mm. And I realized that's the first time that actually my passion lies in the human interaction aspect. Mm. Um, however, um, in China, changing major is not always an easy thing. Mm. Unlike here, you can keep changing majors, but in China, you actually have to be the top five, at least at my university, Sichuan University, you have to be top five of your class mm. and to change major later, mm -hmm. which means you have to be really good at your... <laughs> yes, you'll be really good at your uh, academic work before you can leave the academic <laughs> work, which doesn't make sense, but that's how the policy was. Mm. So as a result, I studied super hard, and eventually I did end up in top five, so I switched my major. But... Before switching my major, I was thinking, what major should I switch to? I know I don't like engineering, but I want to find something that I truly enjoy. So I started this exploration of finding my path, finding where my niche is in this world. And I realized I like medicine and you know medical knowledge. I also like uh, natural sciences that involve in human interactions, like mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier. So as a result, I think maybe psychology can work best. Because medicine, unlike here again, medical school is also you have to go to right after high school. Mm -hmm. So once you're in college, you actually don't have any chance to switch to medicine anymore, which mm -hmm. is actually what I want to do. So as a result, I think you know I would just, just switch to psychology, clinical psychology, which is great show, uh, which is a great um, um, program where I can still interact with the human beings, mm -hmm. 
and I can deal with those natural sciences and human sciences. So that's how I started this exploration. However, at my university, there's even no psych major. There's no psychology major. Yes. So it's. Uh, I felt a very frustrated time. I know this is a very difficult time for me for when I was a freshman and sophomore. And the only option is they had a grad school in psychology, um, but um, they are not open to undergrad students and they... They also, it's not something that um, that I can just easily get into. Mm-hmm. But I realized, um, fortunately, I had an advisor when I was in the engineering program that she's very supportive, and she always told me that Ray, you should always pursue what your true passion is. Even the society might tell you, you know, be an engineer or be a businessman. Those you know, glamorous majors or those majors might make a lot of money, might be. You know, put it in a comfortable zone. But if that's not where your true passion is, you actually will suffer, suffer in the long term. Mm-hmm. So and so I met with her regularly, and so she always encouraged me. And then my decision was, okay, I will change to English major. So this is my thought process. It was it was sounds very crazy. So so the only option at the time is I changed to English major, and my advisor actually threw another. A psychology professor. Even though we don't have a psych major, there are a lot of psychology classes. Mm-hmm. So I talked to several psych professors too. They told me, change to English major to improve your English because later you can go to America or UK, you know, those English-speaking countries, study clinical psychology as your grad degree. Mm-hmm. And you need a very good English to communicate with patients. Mm-hmm. And Maybe then, through that path, you can achieve your dream. And I think that totally makes sense. And it is a very natural path at that time for me. At the same time, I know it's very counterintuitive and not what my parents expected. So I (laughs) went back to my plan, and they think I was just crazy, basically, because... Uh, they're like, who, who, why, why did you even change major to English? And you know, being an engineer is such a easy and it's a very profitable job in China. But I told them, I said, you know, this is really where my passion is, and they didn't quite understand me. So they're like, okay, just well, if you decide to choose this path, you have to know then you have to also bear the consequences, which means later you might find yourself unemployed after graduation. Because if what if you cannot go to America? Or UK, and what if you cannot find a job? Because as an English major student, it's not easy to find a job either. Mm-hmm. Because everybody is good at English to some to different degrees. Mm-hmm. So as an English major student alone, you don't have a unique advantage. Mm-hmm. However, I still want to persist this path. So I tried my best. So what I did is when I was so I switched because my top uh, GPA in the engineering field. So I switched major to English, mm-hmm. and so I started, um, of course, finish my English classes. But at the same time, I start taking all the psych classes possible. Mm-hmm. I contact all the professors I know at my school, psych professors, and even other professors at another school in Chengdu where I used to go to uh, college, and so I shadowed a lot of professors, mm-hmm. a lot of doctors mm. and I think I will prepare myself and then start um, applying for grad school here in America um, I don't know what you know but a clinical psychology PhD program is very very competitive in America mm. the, the admission rate normally is about uh, 5% mm. <laughs> and 
so I actually didn't know this much、uh, until later when I start preparing to apply. I realized it's a super competitive program, and I felt oh I said oh my gosh what if I cannot go because it it is very competitive.、Mm-hmm. I applied to let me think this was back in two thousand eleven. I applied to about twenty five、uh, grad pro PhD programs in、mm-hmm. psychology. Oh, by the way, the reason I applied to PhD directly is because in order to become a psychologist, you have to have a PhD degree,、right. and and also to provide funding, which is great. So, so yeah, so that's、uh, my plan. And but you know, once I apply and I feel one letter of rejection after another, it's very disappointing <laughs> and very frustrating. <laughs>、oh, I'm sorry. And and even yeah, they didn't even offer me interview one for another, and. So only got an interview from two schools.、Mm. Two out of twenty-five applied,、mm. and but also as you know, I also believe in God, and I think you know if this is a path that I was called to, and then you know I know there will be a chance. So, so at the same time, you know, in addition to praying, I also wonder like what else can I do to better prepare myself?、Mm. And so I count a lot of students、um, that I know. Uh, in Chengdu, remember this is still in China.、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, without ha- without having any resources here, they shadow American doctors. So, I sign up for a lot of like newsletters and stuff in China at the time. Whenever there's a psychologist, American psychologist come to China, Chengdu, I will go to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> That's good.、Though. And so, eventually, there was one American psychologist came to my city,、mm-hmm. and quickly went to her, and I talk with her, and actually later even ask her to write me letter of recommendation. And but I kind of talk with her and shadow her because she's doing some clinical practice there. So eventually, I got admitted to one school.、Mm-hmm. Yes,、mm-hmm. uh, which is totally surprised to me because they later they told me they admitted ten students out of two hundred fifty students, and I'm the only international student.、Oh. In fact, I was the first international student,、mm. <laughs> and so so that's how I end up in my first program, which is the University of Houston Clinical Psychology.、Mm-hmm. So after staying there for a while, for first year, my advisor left the program.、Oh. So after first year, so sometimes that's why later you know I want to talk about how sometimes you can plan everything, but I think life does not always go the way you want, you want it,、right. and you have to be very flexible about it.、Mm-hmm. So so my advisor left the program, and you know for PhD programs the purpose is to you go there for your advisor. If your advisor leaves the program, then Kind of left you kind of disoriented. What I'm supposed to do here? Of course, the program was very understand me, and they were like, "How about you、uh, start with a different faculty there, whose research interest might don't match my at all,、mm-hmm. or I can just transfer to a different program." So I thought about it, then prayed about it, and then I just again consulted a lot of people. I think that's another advice I learned is you should always. Um, consult a lot of people、mm-hmm. to get the expertise because、um, when you look at an issue by yourself, it's very limited, right?、Mm-hmm. But when you talk to people who have gone through this path, they are definitely more knowledgeable,、mm-hmm. and then they can point to different directions for you. So that's how I started. So I talked to my、uh, faculty,、uh, my other faculty at、uh, University of Houston. And so most of them suggested maybe switch your program because if you want to stay in this field for long term, you need some mentor to guide you this 
a long way, not just staying here without any people giving you directions. So as a result, I start to have to consider a different school to transfer. And <laughs> transferring program is also not easy because basically it's like a reapplication. Mm. It's you reapply to different school. And I, I, of course, uh, uh, this might not sound very easy, but I was very, very devastated at the time. I was, hmm, why I came here for one year something my advisor left? But again, you know, there are a lot of things I think uh, happen in my life. I know that it might not look the way I want it to be, but I know that God always has a purpose. And I know that it did not necessarily turn out to be a bad thing. Mm. Um, so, as a result, I talked to my advisor, and finally, uh, so, one, so I worked in different research lab in the meantime, and so I realized that the, my PI, my principal investigator, the, the lab director, she actually knows a different faculty that she's a good friend with, who works at SMU, mm. Southern Methodist University in Dallas, and and his research interest is matching mine. So mm. I, I said, oh, perfect. And <laughs> I said, at least I can, you know, at least right. she pointed me to someone. Right. And so, um, so she pointed me uh, to him, and then I started to contact him and email him, and he showed interest in my research work too. So. I applied to SMU, mm-hmm. and I also applied to another three or four universities because at that time, it's a little late already to in the application season, and it's also um, limited now because now I have a kind of research mm-hmm. field, and I cannot just randomly apply to any programs um, in the U.S. So as a result, I applied to those five programs and interviewed and some of them, and eventually the, the faculty, the professor at SMU took me. Mm-hmm. So I successfully right. transferred right. to SMU mm-hmm. and came to Dallas, and which is a very interesting journey because after coming to Dallas, you know, I met a lot of people and mm-hmm. made new friends, I met my wife here too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so like I said, it's not a bad thing when you look backwards, but you when you are in that period, sometimes you can be very, very, you know, frustrating and it can be, you can feel very desperate. You feel like, why things don't go the way I want it to be. So after staying in the program for a while at the PhD, I really enjoyed uh, doing research with this faculty. But again, uh, you know, my initial goal, long time ago, when I was in high school, is I really want to become a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And I feel this passion keeps going and, and I feel like in fact the longer I stay in a psych program my you know this uh, seed of becoming a medical doctor mm. gets rekindled mm. and I want to go to the medicine field even more right. <laughs> and so and then I started to talk to my advisor about it mm. you know um Fortunately, he's very understandable. He's like, oh, you know, I totally understand where you come from. You know, of course, it might look bad in a sense to the program because they have students left the program. Um, I, and I, this is not an overnight decision. Um, because I, so I enrolled at the SMU in 2014. I left eventually in 2017. Mm. But my desire came along the way, you know, maybe after first year, something like that. And... Um, for a PhD student, and for I guess for any student, um, you will feel like it's a failure when you leave the program. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with this when I 
thought about leaving the program. I discussed with Sarah, my wife, a lot, you know, and I discussed with other students. I said, "Am I a failure? Like I cannot complete a PhD program, you know?" And so then, after thinking and、um, planning, and I really realized that it's not. So this is another thing. How do you judge success versus failure?、Mm. Is really not just based on what society tells you, because、right. society will tell you, oh, you have to get those degrees. Otherwise, if you leave, if you quitting, right, it's like a quitter, and、um, it's a bad thing. But you also have to realize why you leave certain things,、mm-hmm. um, and it's all because if you are pursuing something you're truly passionate about, and then you have to do it maybe sometimes under social pressure. And so as a result, I decided that I will leave the program. So I told my supervisor, my advisor at the SME program, and we have a long conversation. And of course, he understood where I'm from. And at the same time, and he, I think he might be a little bit disappointed that he lost a student, right?、Mm-hmm. Because I left, and I'm his only student. I'm his first student and only student. Oh, <laughs> yes.、Um, But I realize how important to choose things is.、Yes. Like you know, making a decision, make making a decision is very important. Later, I can talk about that too. So, so I left the program at、uh, SMU, and then I started my preparation for med school.、Mm-hmm. So from 2017, all the way,、um, you know, taking MCAT, taking all the prerequisite class, shadowing doctors, doing volunteering, doing research. Because going to med school is a different journey, and you know, eventually this year I got accepted as a medical med school. I haven't decided which one to go,、um, but yeah, that's my journey. And I think it feels very good. I told the Sarah, it feels good. It's because it feels like now I can eventually go from plan B to plan, to plan A. A. <laughs> you know, most people go from plan A, A to plan B, B.、Right. but I can go back. So a couple lessons I learned along the way. And the first one is so there's an idiom there's an idiom called Sai Bong Shi Ma in Chinese.、Um, it's basically about a story.、Uh, it's an Asian story、mm-hmm. where a guy he so he bought a horse.、Mm-hmm. Okay, he bought a horse, and so he bought a horse. And the first day、uh, after he got it, the horse disappeared, like got lost, <laughs> and. His neighbors are all like, "Oh, it's so unlucky, it's unfortunate. You just got this horse and you lost it." He said, "Who knows whether it's a good thing or bad thing,、mm-hmm. right? You, even though everybody thinks it's a bad thing, he said we don't know." And several days later, this horse brought more horses, baby horses, back.、Mm-hmm. And then, so you know, it turns out to be a good thing. And so all the neighbors came and said, "Oh, you know, it's such a good thing that even though you lost the horse, but brought more new you know, new horses." And he said, "Who knows, it's good or bad?" <laughs> <laughs> and So、uh, uh, several days later, his son was riding on the horse, and then he fell from the horse and he broke his leg because、uh, those young horses are kind of you know hard to control. And again, all the neighbors came to, "Oh, we're so sorry that you know your son is riding the horse and broke his leg." And he said, "Who knows? Is good or bad? You know, even though it looks bad, broke the leg, right?" And several days later, the government is recruiting, you know. Soldiers and enlisting people, and but because his son had broken leg, he cannot go to the army,、right. and he was not enlisted. And later they found out, you know, most of people who were enlisted died at the, you know, at the war. 
So this, the moral story is to say, like sometimes we might perceive things that is、uh, not good, but it's really not necessarily if you look at things in the long term.、Mm-hmm. That's the first lesson learned. And second thing I learned is is making a, a conscious choice and making decision is very important. You know, some people like to say this life is from. B to D, right from birth to death, <laughs> <laughs> B to D. But but they say, but but I think it's also important that life is from B to C to D. The C means choice,、uh-huh. and you have to make a lot of choice along、right. the way. Yes, and you know, I know I make a, a choice to come to America for study psychology. I made a choice to leave SMU, leave UH, and then made a choice to pursue medical school, and. And, you know, a long time ago, I read a lesson. It talks about how the word "decide," you know, like make a decision, decide, decide. You know, the root of the word is very, very profound if you think about it. So, "side" means to kill, right?、Mm-hmm. Like pesticide or homicide, suicide.、Mm-hmm. The "side" basically means to kill,、mm-hmm. and which means decide means you actually you literally kill all the other options, options、right. available for you.、Right. So you have to make it very serious,、mm-hmm. and. So yeah, so I think、uh, one should always be conscious of how they make decisions and the choices because it, ma- it matters,、mm-hmm. and you have to be flexible. Sometimes you cannot reach your goal overnight, but if you are persistent and if you are flexible, and I think eventually you can get there. Love it, love it. We'll be right back. Life may be short. But it is deep, and it is wide. Sometimes, in a desperation to cut a straight path from A to B, we stall. Then we miss the breadth and the depth of what life has to offer. What about you? What do you do when life gets in the way of plans? You are on the journey, and my guest is Ray Tang. I'm back with Ray. So, Ray, how do you make decisions? That's a good question. <laughs> Decision making is never an easy thing. So, what I normally do is, well, this is my、uh, one of my habit. I like to keep journaling.、Yeah. So, I do journaling almost、um, a couple times a week.、Mm-hmm. And normally, it's very short. It doesn't have to be like long diaries. But I normally write down what mistakes I made. Mm-hmm. And throughout this week, or what lessons I learned, and of course, sometimes I even write down. Oh, I observed somebody did something very good, and I said, you know what, I should do that in the future too.、Mm-hmm. So I think because there again, there is a Chinese saying: it says the best me- memory is worse than the worst pencil. Let me throw、uh-huh. that again.、Yes. The best memory、uh-huh. is worse than the worst pencil. Oh. Meaning you have to always write things down. down. Right. Yeah. 好记性不如烂笔头 Yeah. <laughs> That's what the Chinese say. Because you know we tend to forget things all the time.、Mm-hmm. You know, I was、uh, looking at my diary the other day. You know, I started this process back in when I was in college, 2010, 2009-ish, and I was whoa! I didn't know I would do things like that. You know,、mm-hmm. or this. But now. I realized how much I've changed. So you will know your weakness and your strength by documenting, by writing down things. 
And another habit I have, which is a similar along the lines, is you know people like to make New Year resolutions, mm-hmm. right? But I don't make New Year resolutions. <laughs> I tend to make end of year reflections. Oh, I love so, that. So so I will go back and look at what I have accomplished mm-hmm. or haven't accomplished throughout this year, mm-hmm. and at the end of the year to reflect. Now back to the question about making decisions. So. I think step one is you have to like the you know the old Greek saying know thyself right you yeah. have to really know who you are you have to know why you're doing certain things mm-hmm. sometimes I think we do certain things because of social pressure mm-hmm. because of peer pressure because parental pressure mm-hmm. and if you do things out of those pressure and um, sometimes maybe it's inevitable but you really have to realize that uh, what can you do to change that nobody can live under that pressure mm-hmm. permanently eventually you want to give up mm-hmm. so making a decision is know thyself that's the first one and second one is you have to really consult other people mm-hmm. yeah the journey is available free on itunes blog talk radio rio sports radio and several of your favorite internet platforms download embed and share via any of the social media you love Well, Ray, as you know, it's a a joy having you on the journey. I'm glad that you were able to share your journey with us. Is there, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Sure, and people can reach me through my email address. Uh, My email is artist26 at gmail.com. Let me spell it out. So it's R-T, which is short for my initial. Right, right. (laughs) R-T-I-S-T. So it's artist. 26 at gmail.com Ray and I are off to play another of our games. You're welcome to join us on The Journey's platform. That web address is thejourney.riosports.com Riosports is spelled R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com Click on Games We Play Ray will be back with us next week to share a transformative wisdom from his journey. See you next week.